you know that Domino's is almost considered a tech company that sells pizza? Because <laughs> of their... Because they were like... Ordering. So, um, like revolutionary in the whole online thing? I do love watching that bar tick down. Welcome to $2 Steak, a pro wrestling podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Varnum. Joining me today, as always, Big Mike. Woo! Toll Bear. Hello. <laughs> Cookie. Yeah, boy. What, what? Yeah, buoy. So we are yeah. on Zoom for the most part. Half of us are on Zoom. Half of us are here. And, and the reason why we're on Zoom today, Cookie is in Charlotte and Tolbert is sad we have a sad tobert today on the podcast tobert i know all about mental health i'm the man to talk to i've been going to therapy talk to me tobert what happened this week why are you so sad well um what was it tuesday night um someone decided to break into my car that uh contained my brand new surfboard um, and, a, and a lot of other things that they rummaged through and, and stole. I was very, I'm very sad because of that. It was brand new. It was very expensive. I loved it. And now it's gone. How many times did you get to ride it? A bunch. I've only had it for about four months. Do you feel like you got your money's worth out of it? <laughs> no, <laughs> not in the least. But I, I've gone through the stages of... Uh, you know, pain and anger and suffering. I've been thinking of what Yoda would say. It's like uh, pain leads to, to hate. Suffering, suffering leads to <laughs> anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to, to fear and all that shit. Yeah, yeah. You're going to become a Sith Lord because of this. I've gone through all the stages. I, I went through the anger stage where I cruised around town and I was waiting in uh, pawn shop parking lots as soon as I found out it happened. Uh, and I was going to... Uh, Beat the shit out of anyone I saw with it. <laughs> uh, father of police report, calm down a little bit. Now I've gone through the stages of mourning. So this police say. report, when you filed it, uh, oh, were I you high when you filed the police report? I forgot all about this. It's been such a long week, right? Um, realize my car's been broken into. It's very early in the morning. A cop is rolling through my little cul-de-sac, right? And I just flag him down real quick. Wasn't even thinking. Normally, I probably wouldn't even called the cops just because it's petty. You don't have the time to deal with it. It would take three hours for someone to get out there to file the report. But he just happened to be there because they broke into other cars in the neighborhood. So I flag him down real quick. The same day they broke into other cars? The same night. Yeah, yeah. It was like a string. And, um, you know, I worked late the night before. I just, on the way home, I happened to have a little half of a duber in the ashtray in the car. (laughs) I forgot about and <laughs> the, the the officer walks up to the car and starts asking me questions and he pauses and he goes whoa that's some killer anyway so uh describe <laughs> the board for me sir I, i'm fucking dying inside dude like i just wanted to crawl into a hole <laughs> and die I- I know when I, I first saw it, I think you posted it first, and apparently I interact enough with your Facebook page that I get notifications when you post stuff. Mm-hmm. 
So I got this notification. It's early in the morning, a lot earlier than I would have thought Tolbert would have been up to do things. And uh, I, I read it. I knew that he would have been sad about it because he had become a surf boy, like, in the last few months. And, and it, it was definitely something tough for, for you to go through, Tolbert. I know um, I know this is a life-changing experience, and, and I know that you're, you're a strong enough person that you can get through this. When I was... When I was but a wee eight years old, we went to Winston-Salem um, for Adrian going to governor's school. And uh, my parents left my, my game gear oh, inside God. the car. <laughs> and that game gear was stolen along with Sonic 1, Sonic 2, Bejeweled, Columns. Mm. Dude, Game uh, Gear was some. Sh- that was awesome. Chuck Rock. I'm so sad for you. I know, dude. The Game Gear was so much better than the Game Boy. It was huge too. It was awesome. It was color. I could play it at night. Whenever, uh, whenever we would go on those like long field trips on those Anderson buses. Yeah, you hung out with the kid with yeah, the yeah, Game Gear. Yeah, I sat gear. next to the kid with the Game Gear. Not the kid with the Game Boy. I had the Game Boy. I said, "Fuck this! I'm just gonna watch you play that." Yeah, the Game Gear was awesome. Yeah. Hey, Cookie, do you know what a Game Gear is? I had to Google it. Because <laughs> I had no clue what the fuck you guys no, were talking no. about. He's like, "What's cigar?" Yeah, think of yeah, think like a switch, but like twenty five years ago. So my first, so at this point, this was actually my second Game Gear. The first Game Gear they got me for Christmas on Christmas morning. I opened it. There was like a weird electrical problem with it, and it could only play if it was like a certain way. And I just remember Adrian walking in and being like, oh, way to go, Santa, and like looking at my parents. And that was kind of like the first inkling <laughs> that something was up for, for Christmas. Oh, it was Adrian's man. fault. But, but yeah, so my, my, my game gear was stolen. But you know what? Did you have insurance on the, uh, the, the, your homeowner thing? I have not checked yet, man. Everyone's been telling me to do that. I've, yeah. uh, I've been Buddy, your, your deductible is going to be higher than that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I've been scouring the internet. Have a police report filed. Thanks, unless, uh, Tolbert. Unless they stole your PS5 too. N- no. Did no, they no. steal it? Wink, wink. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. It was. It was in there. Um, but yeah, uh, we'll see what turns up. I don't expect to ever see it again, but we'll see, man. But I'm I know, and, and we, we were going to have the ceremonial smoking of the board because it was made out of hemp after you were done <laughs> It was with made it. out of hemp. Uh, it was a pretty sweet ride. But, uh, you know, I'm going to move on. I'm going to press on. I'm, I'm getting security cameras for the, for the house. I'm turning this place into a fortress. <laughs> this, is, this, this one event has radicalized Chris Tolbert. I've been violent. This is the reason. Like, you see some people become, like, conspiracy theorists after, like, one event changed their life. After this, Tolbert is going to become a militant person, join a militia, <laughs> all because his surfboard was stolen when he was age 34 years old. 20 years from now... Tolbert is going to have a don't tread on me shirt and he's going to be like, you know what did it <sighs> smoking his palm ball and just say, it was the time that my surfboard was stolen. <laughs> it won't say don't tread on me. It's going to be like, don't drop in on me, bro. Oh, bro. <laughs> like a surf snake. <laughs> Speaking of PlayStation five this week, they, um, the Walmart had had restock of it. And my clown ass thought that I was going to be able to, <laughs> 
to to win against the the robot revolution that is now taking over uh pre-sailing and all that stuff um I tried at three o'clock on Thursday. I set an alarm and I, I had it all in like, up. no, no, three in the afternoon. Oh, okay. So I'm like doing work, but then I'm like on my phone. I'm like, all right, if I can get it in the cart, I can totally buy it. I can get my PlayStation five. Everything will be like good. That shit. Like it's, it's a game. Like there, there is no oh, yeah. way that a human can, can get a PlayStation five. No, it's like ticket sales on like any kind of ticket master or anything. How is I think two dollars stake? We need to to start an uprising against the robots. Is what I'm saying. Well, I've been playing my PS4. I've got the new uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. So in the wake of my depression, I've just been raiding villages and and and, and battling <laughs> and being a Viking. Have so you that, have you taken a cat yet as your friend in the game? No, but I did befriend this little dog, and I ate some mushrooms, and I went on a psychedelic quest. It was pretty awesome. Wait, wait, literally or in the game? Both. In the game, yeah. <laughs> in, in the game. You can eat mushrooms and do a, a trip balls. So, uh, Tolbert, I'm sorry about your board. We're, 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 very, we're very sorry about it. Yeah, man. Wait, 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 wait. I'm going to get in trouble for this. Hello? What are you doing? Uh, we're recording the podcast right now. What are you doing? <laughs> Sorry. Keep talking. Hey, Jasmine, how are you? God, no, I'm fine. We can hang up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll talk to you in a little bit. Love you, bye. All right, love you, bye. Anyways, uh, Cookie, how's your week been? Oh, it's uh, it's been straight. I haven't done anything. I'm no boring. one stole any frisbees from you or anything. <laughs> 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 I no one stole any frisbees. God, I'm too funny. <laughs> Nothing's happened to your boy Cookie. He's just been chilling. All right, uh, Mike. Anything with you? Uh, no, I had to work the weekend, so I'm kind of it's been a little low key. Bunch of schoolwork. You actually had to work today. I worked today and yesterday. Yeah. Do you have to work on Thanksgiving this year? Not this year. No. What about the day after Thanksgiving? Are you going to go with us to WrestleCon this year? I would love to. What a sad, sad day. <laughs> Guys, can you or believe sorry. that it's been a year since we went to WrestleCade and we're able to, to enjoy meeting uh, Superhuman and, and all those <laughs> wonderful stars of professional wrestling? The, I, I still think back on that weekend. It was a wonderful weekend. I cannot wait to what's the thing again. I know. It's amazing. It really. I can't is. wait for the next one so we can uh, so we can go see Sid Vicious and his uh, and his dad pants. <laughs> what were you saying, Talbert? The fact that it's in our home state, man, a few hours away. It's amazing, man. I we know get, you get to, you get to meet all the old wrestlers. Yeah, with friends, you know that go that we see. It's amazing. All right, well, let's actually talk about some wrestling. Let's get this podcast going. We're talking about Survivor Series today. Uh, not necessarily the Survivor Series matchups, but we are going to talk about some key matches over the years. All right, for the first matchup of the evening, Mike, you have got one, The Undertaker, against Hulk Hogan. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got a Cookie's opinion on the whole thing. Uh, <laughs> WWE title match, Survivor Series 91. 
Um, this is the second year of Survivor Series, or which? No, no, this was the second year of Undertaker. Undertaker, yeah. So Undertaker had debuted one year prior. Um, this is a match again for the title. It's in Detroit, Michigan, so crowd's pretty good. Joe Louis Arena. Okay, Michigan. We like Michigan here. Yeah, we do. Fuck Michigan. All right, I'm back. I'm back on the train. You had your glory, Michigan. Um, <laughs> you, you've contributed to the the continuation of democracy, and now you're you're back to being a shithole state. Yeah, I mean Michigan barely beat. Hey, we will say that RVD came from Battle Creek, as long uh, uh, along with Sabu, who we're going to talk yeah. about later on in the podcast. Two great. Great men that come from Michigan. Anyway, we're talking about two guys now, Undertaker and Hulk Hogan. Uh, it's old school Undertaker. I mean, again, one year old. This is like a baby Undertaker. Yeah, very, very old school. Comes out with Paul Bear. Oh. Yes, lovely Paul Bear. Paul Bear's got a gold urn. I, I don't remember the urn always being gold. What what other color would an urn be? Was, I just assumed it was black. I'm not sure. No, it's a gold Has urn. Has it always been gold? Yeah, no. It, what you've that- seen is, is the marketing for this current – Survivor Series, they've been showing a black urn. Maybe that's where it was. In I my think head. that's what it is. I honestly didn't even realize it was gold until I looked at it and it had two dents in it from Hulk Hogan's head, but we'll get to that. Oh, we'll get to um, that. So we got Bobby Heenan and Gorilla Monsoon on the mic. Yeah, yes. Bobby Heenan playing his colorful, heelish self, Gorilla Monsoon, mm-hmm. trying to keep everything level. Um, Hulk Hogan comes out. Apparently, he weighs 303 pounds. That's a big boy. He, I mean, he's he, taller than you think he is, too. Yeah, so what? I mean, Hogan at his peak, I think, was like 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, yeah. right? Yeah. I think he's like running like 6'4 now after all those surgeries. And honestly, I, <laughs> I honestly, I think this is right before the steroids trial. So this is right before he got off that cycle. So he, he's a big Hulk Hogan <laughs> at this point. Uh, you know, he doesn't have hair. He did not have hair. Yeah, so what I was really, uh, really confused by is, you know, Hulk always tries his best to hide his receding or gone hairline. With the bandana? He gets in and he, like, literally just chucks that – tries to hit Taker with the bandana. Well, Um, he embraced it for a while, didn't he? Say what now? Didn't he embrace it for a little while? He's just like, fuck it. Uh, Everyone knows. Yeah, I mean, like (laughs) – there, there's a point where denial stops working, you well, know? Especially when you're like, it's bald. Yeah. I feel like the more he embraced it, the more racist he got, just like an old guy. Well, and that, funny, <laughs> funny you say racist, Tolbert. He comes out to his classic, I am a real American. And, right. uh, I mean, 70 million Americans, definitely racist. Um, so, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> As such as Tolbert has will become militant, um, many of these Americans, I, I do feel, resemble Hulk Hogan's um, distaste for coloreds and juice. <laughs> <laughs> you, just, you just popped cookie. I think uh, one of those words we probably shouldn't use in the podcast. <laughs> We're going to roll with it. <laughs> oh, man. So... Off cuff, they uh, they start speculating on how much the urn weighs. Mm-hmm. How much do you think an urn weighs, Aaron? Uh, it's a couple pounds, maybe. It depends on who's inside the urn. Yeah, if it's Yokozuna <laughs> inside the urn, I, I would think that it would be a little heavier. Do you think they put all the ashes in, or do they just like leave a little? No, I think that I, honestly, I think it's just a little bit. I, I, I don't think that they put all the ashes inside somebody's I, urn. I, yeah, I'm not too familiar with that. Maybe Undertaker will, will share some trade secrets later. Okay. But, um... So, I, originally, I couldn't tell if Bobby Heenan was rooting for or against Hulk Hogan, uh, and, and which is weird because Heenan's, you know, obviously the heel. The heel, right. Um, 
But, you know, match ensues. Two hosses obviously going after it. They kind of lock up. They push, push each other away. Some hits, odds and all, odds and off stuff. Taker gets Hulk into a couple chokes and, like, these claw moves. Yeah. He's breathing weird. I, I, I know he's, like, trying to, like, give this persona of this, like, uh, beast kind of thing. But yeah. I, I, was, I was like, uh. I, I will say, when I, what, one thing that I noticed throughout this match was that Undertaker, at this point in his career, went all the fuck in on that character. Dude, he – I mean, and you know what? That's probably why he is the man he is today. Um. Like, his walking around the ring was, like, real, like, yeah, creepy. Like his Mike Myers it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, at one point, Paul Bear, I, I'm going to need you to do this in your best Paul Bear. Bear oh. He said, rest in peace, Hulk Hogan. Rest in peace, Hulk Hogan. That was pretty close, actually. Um, so, Taker goes, or easily slams Hulk, but then he misses this body drop he went for. Mm-hmm. Um, it was interesting because that was the first of a couple moves where you see Taker – like flying around a little bit, like t- like yeah. leaving his feet to give these like impressionable moves, which I don't think I've ever seen Taker do. Obviously, it didn't work for his character later on. Like he didn't need to do it, and then obviously now in his later years he doesn't can't do it. Um, so I thought that was pretty cool to see. Taker's taking everything Hulk's giving him, uh, and Taker won't isn't leaving his feet, which is really impressive. He takes a clothesline over the top rope, lands on his feet. Um, so, you know, you can see they're really trying to build up the aura that is the phenom of the Undertaker. Right. Obviously, he's drawing power from the urn. Um, Aaron, Paul says, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There you go. Um, so, at one point, um, several times, actually, throughout the match, Taker kind of distracts the ref a little bit, and Paul's beating Hogan with the urn, smacking him around a little bit. Um I don't know if the urn was dented or they showed the dent afterwards, but obviously the commentators are trying to sell it as Paul just knocked Hogan with it and dented the urn. Um, so it's kind of interesting. Um, did you happen to catch the fake Hulk Hogan in the <laughs> yes, crowd? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one that's it. He's like trying to lead everybody <laughs> yes, to cheer. Yes, yes. He was he's trying like, to cheer for this man. He's trying to hype the crowd up. Um, here we go again. You know, Taker's – kind of clawing at Hogan. He gets him in the, um, he gets him in the claw, right? Right. Yeah. And Hogan's doing everything he can to get out of it. We actually get a couple, two counts. Um, Hogan clearly putting forth as like just expelling himself to get out of this and to prevent the pin. Um, you know, they got to put Hogan over it though. So that, you know, they're saying an average man would have given up by now. Right. Right. There's a lot of putting Hogan over throughout this match. Yeah, they keep mentioning how he's uh, done or could be done, but he's not. Hey, he wasn't. He was <laughs> not done. <clears throat> we get we get the classic taker eye roll at, at one of the, the two counts. Have you ever tried that? Um, yes, but I mean, as a kid, obviously, everybody tried it. I, I tried it. I, cannot, I can't do I the know. eye roll. How did I do? Not, not good. I can yeah, still, yeah, that was, that was better was, than I thought. Was it close? It's a little spooky. <laughs> well, we're past spooky. <laughs> um. But again, Tober just did it. <laughs> My God, oh, I can't do it. Yeah, it hurts. That shit hurts. Yeah, and so obviously, after somehow after two or three two counts, and and Hogan, you know, almost expelling all of his energy, we get the Hulk up. I mean, yeah. you're expecting it. It's his thing, right? Yeah. So he hulks up. He's smacking, um, Taker around a little bit. This is one of those other moves. Taker hits a flying fist mm-hmm. to Hogan, like literally leaves his feet and just 
gives him everything he's got. Kind of like a Superman punch. I think it looked better than a Superman punch. Oh. Ta- Hot take, Mike Mauer over I here. Think, you know, I only saw it quickly. I think Taker got parallel to the ring. Oh wow! Yeah, you know, so it was it was good. I mean, he he my word landed on his you know hands and knees afterwards. So he gave it it all. Um, so Hogan's obviously you know just doing his thing. Taker go goes ahead and gets Hogan in what you think. It's going to be the finisher. He set him up for the tombstone. He fucking lands the tombstone. Hogan no-sells it. Completely no-sells it. no-sells it. Undertaker's a man. For his first WrestleMania match, he wiped Jimmy Snook out in a minute and a half at WrestleMania with a tombstone. Right. One of the best wrestlers at the time. Well, also murderer. I didn't say he was a good person. (laughs) All I said is that man took one tombstone and he was done hulk hogan when i say no sells it i'm talking like uh, anger inducing no sell so this is when you were this is when i started to get mad i i could okay um yeah i just it's such a powerful move from such a powerful looking (laughs) individual this move has Ended careers. Careers. Ended in an instant. Nearly ended lives. Lives. On the, on the, on and, the thread. And Hulk Hogan, after taking three or four two counts due to a claw, mm-hmm. with an undertaker who may not weigh 300 pounds, but he's pretty damn close, oh, dropping you straight on your head, and you just pop up. Like, like, who the fuck does this guy think he is? Hulk Hogan. The goat. Stop it. <laughs> well hulk does a second hulk up yeah um and at this point i don't give a shit i'm like yeah, it's hulk hogan okay whatever blah 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 you you've done all that you've done 10 minutes building this guy up taker hasn't done any hasn't left his feet due to your moves he's not exasperated i just don't care and then uh we get rick flair walking down the aisle Beautiful Ric Flair. I mean, this is yeah, it's, it's prime Ric Flair. I mean, he's got his prime flowing locks and beautiful robe. Distracts Hogan because at the time, um, there was like this poorly built kind of animosity between Flair and Hogan. He was just Flair had just got to the WWE, WWF, and um, so it distracts Hogan. It's actually it's a pretty interesting storyline in in the way that Flair left the WCW organization. With the belt still around his waist, he did not like keep like he didn't drop the belt or anything. He just left, signed with WWF, and so at that point when he came into the WWF, it was building up to this match, this dream match. Everybody throughout the '80s was fantasy booking Ric Flair against Hulk Hogan. Ric Flair came in, and Vince kind of fucked it up. <laughs> not surprised. Yes. Um, and so. Flair's around the ring. He's just kind of like, you know, schmoozing. He's whining and dining, you know what I mean? Shaking hands, kissing babies. Um, Hogan is clearly distracted. We get a little ref interference from Paul Bearer. Um, At this point, Rick slides a chair in. Hogan takes another tombstone onto the chair, slides Mm -hmm. the chair out, one, two, three. Undertaker wins in just, just, I don't even give a shit fashion. Yeah. Um. I just, of course, 
Like, I, I realized that things... What did you expect, Mike? I know. And, like, this is the thing. I'm just getting into wrestling. You hear about all these stories, all the back... The politicking in the back and all the smarky shit. And then it's all because it's true. Hulk yeah. Hogan doesn't go down clean. No. And not only does he not go down clean, as Undertaker is leaving the arena, commentary says, walking out of here as the new WWF champion and not deservedly so. Mm. The Undertaker. Mm. Gorilla Monsoon. Who the fuck do these people think they are? Buried him. You literally, Undertaker went to one knee one time against Hulk Hogan in this entire match. Never left his feet. Did not take any really offense from Hulk Hogan. Tombstones him twice. Beats the shit out of him the whole time. Gets multiple two counts. Finishes him with a pin. And he didn't... I can see why they were building it. I'm watching it. Like I can see why they're building this. Right. And then all, like, of course... Hulk fucking Hogan doesn't go down clean. And, and, and at this point, Undertaker is the new breed coming in. They're going to try to build some programs around him, try to make him, because they knew at this point, Hulk Hogan is kind of, you Fizzling know, out. Yeah, yeah well, fizzling. and that's, I mean, Bobby Heenan's saying, Hulkamania's dead. Hulkamania's dead. And then Gorilla Monsoon buries the new champion as he walks out. Mm. Um, you, know who, you know who got over in this match, Aaron? Who? The fucking chair. Yeah, I want that chair. Well, because the chair got over because Undertaker hits Hulk Hogan with a tombstone. He no-sells the shit out of it. He hits him again with a tombstone onto a chair, and Hulk lays there like a little bitch for five hours or five minutes. Okay. And then it takes him five guys to get him out of the ring and up the ramp. Yeah. That's a hell of a chair. That's mm -hmm. a Howard Varnum chair. Howard Varnum actually built that chair. That's why I'm so into wrestling is because my dad used to build the chairs for WWF. Yeah. I, it's, One at a time. It's just so irritating. And you know what's more irritating? And, and again, this is where I was like, I was so pissed off when I first watched this. And then I'm like, cool, calm down a little bit. But then I'm like, did Undertaker ever leave his feet? So I go by, back and read some reviews, and he got to one knee once. I'm like, they built him up so well. And then they, they did that for nothing. Right. You know why they built it for nothing? He lost the belt a week later to Hulk Hogan. Who then relinquishes it for no fucking reason? Wow. Yeah. Like, literally, you build this behemoth of a beast up in this match at Survivor Series for the title. Yeah. The guy doesn't go down clean. And then he wins it right back and then gives it away. What the fuck? And, and you know what? This is why I don't watch WWE anymore. Because it's this same shit for the last 30 fucking years, minus a little stint there with the Attitude Era. Okay. <laughs> Mike. That Mike just learned about. <laughs> like, Full circle. <laughs> and, and you know what else? This was 1991. <laughs> this was 1991. Undertaker doesn't win the title again until 97. Yeah. Yeah. Buried him. Yes. Alive. Yeah. Buried alive. Buried this beast, this superhuman being, the Undertaker is not only an amazing character creator wrestler, he's apparently the biggest, awesomest wrestler in the back. He's a company man. He's the one man Vince McMahon apologized to after the fucking Bret Hart, Bret Hart incident. And to just, just see that he was so loyal mm -hmm. after this. Yeah. It just blows my mind.
Do you know who who not who who wouldn't have done that? Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan. Literally, dude. If a company fucked me over like that, and I realized at the time, WWF was not the only game in town. No, dude. You should have seen I, like, the Sting. <laughs> I don't even want to get. Oh, into we're talking that. about Undertaker today. <laughs> that dude. It's always six degrees of stingeration here on uh, two dollars. <laughs> he just put it in another nicotine patch. I'm just. He's spilling it. It's just, it's just infuriating. It's that like I don't know. It just is what it is. Yeah, let's talk about social media. Social media, <laughs> much like the finish to that match, social media has been a disappointment. <laughs> uh, we're up to three oh five. Aaron had a, a couple tweets about his PS five shenanigans. Fuck the robot revolution. <laughs> Tolbert, I think, still at 145 on Instagram. He posted the, the art from Travis. That's about it. <laughs> that, was, uh, that was after I found out my car got broken, too. You're lucky. Yeah, so. <laughs> Why didn't you? I'm actually surprised that you did not post the picture of your board on the Instagram account. Yeah, most of the people on our Instagram are actually Wilmingtonians. Well, everyone knows. The, the, <laughs> they know. They know. He's turning into Donald Trump. They know. They know. <laughs> A massive fraud of insurmountable proportions. But actually, towards more dick it's stolen. Yeah. If you have any information <laughs> please, on the board, please hit us up on our social media at <laughs> number two dollar steak underscore. And we would love it's a, apparently a hemp board. <laughs> they Cape Fear Beer and Wine <laughs> sticker. Cape Fear Beer and Wine sticker. Uh, you know. <laughs> one one skeg, right? There was only one skeg on that board. One what? Skeg. A skeg. What the fuck is a skeg? The fin. It's a fin, yeah. <laughs> They're called skeg. skegs. No, no one's ever called it that ever. Oh, uh oh. Uh -oh. You uh -oh. This up? Skegs. Skeg? Look it up, bro. Is it a real thing? It is what its name doesn't mean that people actually refer to it as that. Hmm. You know why it's called a skeg? Because Howard Varnum, when he used to surf in the 1960s, called it a skeg. It doesn't make it a skeg. You fucking surf in the Lockwood Folly Inlet. <laughs> <laughs> Surfboard skeg. It is a thing. It's a, yeah. Yeah, a no or skeg. All right. Well, any of the surfboard enthusiasts, I'm sure we're thrilled to hear that. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. That's social media. Follow us at number two dollar steak underscore. Can can you do it quick? Can you please cut a quick promo on uh, the guy that stole his board? Look, I know you're out Kingston there. Me right now? Yeah, I'm in Eddie Kingston. Please cut a promo on the guy that stole. I, I don't know. I, I hope he overdoses on fentanyl. Jesus <laughs> Christ! <laughs> yes. Is that what you meant? Something like that? Uh well. <laughs> No. Well, I was going to go ahead and give it a shot, but Tober just kind of just <laughs> shot his shot. All right. Well, that is it for this week's episode of Two Dollar Steak. <laughs> We're going to have to go to group counseling after this one. Pay for yourselves. All right. Well, uh, let's let's go to our next segment. Uh, for the strong style, um, guys, I, I, before we talk about the strong style, I, I just want to bring this up. 
I ordered pizza, and it was delivered. And my fat fingers just ordered an extra pizza, and I spent forty dollars on pizza tonight because Mike, who has already eaten tonight, said I would eat one piece. Said he would eat one piece. So I have ordered two pizzas tonight. Anyways, for the strong <laughs> style, Cookie, you've got Triple H against Stone Cold. Yeah, Aaron. Um, <laughs> never, I, I don't know how to follow that up, but uh, I just know this, man. You never saw it coming. <laughs> that was the tagline for this match between Triple H and Stone Cold Steve Austin. This is from the early 2000s Survivor Series. And I remember telling a little backstory. I told Aaron, I was like, I, I want one of these matches from Survivor Series 2000 because I have the VHS tape somewhere at my house. I didn't know that you had the VHS tape. Yeah, I had it. Yeah, like I watched it on repeat. Like I loved that pay-per-view. Um, mainly for this match and like the ending segment, which we'll get to in a second. But man, the, vi- the vignettes or whatever you call them before the match, those is used to a, be... Is this a no DQ match? Yes. Uh, I don't know if it is an ODQ match, is it? I don't know. Which, what year, Cookie? Come on, you got to tell the year so I can look it up. 2000. 2000. Yeah, it's an ODQ match. 2000. But anyway, the vignettes for this match, it just I, I just remember them hyping me up, and it was, it was a year-long story, just waiting for this finish. It was fucking crazy. I mean, Austin getting run over with a car. Uh, there was an equipment cart that fell out of the sky and almost squashed Austin. <laughs> This is when WWE had a budget and they wanted to spend it. Yes. Yes, they did. And and then Austin got attacked with a hammer at some point. Yeah. It, this was, it was so bizarre, but it was so good. I mean, they don't tell stories like this anymore. It has so was many- cer- this was like the beginning of his cerebral assassin phase. It was. And this was, a, this was like the turning point for Triple H. Like, this is when he started really becoming the top guy. And, I mean, this wasn't even the last match of the rivalry. I think someone else had the – Two out of three falls match, didn't they? Did someone oh have that? God, I don't remember. I don't know. I think that was the very last match. But anyway, DTA, don't trust anybody. One of my favorite lines, and that came from this. It's fucking awesome. Anyway, let's get to my countdown. Cookies, top four, number one. So something I realized, Old Stone Cold has about four moves. He has, nope. like, the first 10 minutes of this match are just haymakers. Yeah, the man broke his neck. Yeah, you know who had good moves? Stunning Steve. Mm. Yes, he's an he's Stunning Steve worker. is an athlete. Yeah, but Stone Cold is <laughs> – all he does is throw punches and kicks. That's it. Because he's a badass, dude. But you know what? Those punches and kicks pop the fuck out of a 10-year-old Aaron Varnum. Yeah, oh, yeah. Damn right. You want to pop that out of everybody. Oh, oh. As soon as the glass broke, I was like running around my ne- my room screaming. I think Freaking honestly, out, I think the majority of millennials, mm. if they were just to hear the glass break in their regular day of day to day life, yeah, they're gonna get hype. Yeah. In, in their heart rate's gonna go up. Like if I was at work and I heard the glass break, I'd be like, oh yeah, let's go. You start stunning like eighty year old like physical therapy patients. <laughs> Manipulate, they shit their pants. Manipulating necks. Yeah, I crack mm. necks, but not like that. <laughs> it's not. Oh man. It's, Oh, October, it must be like you when the glass broke in your car. And- <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, no glass. <laughs> Holy shit, Tober. I'm oh, sorry. I had to, Tober. I just thought about it. And I was just like, I got to say it. It has to come out. It's because I, I just. I was just looking for somebody face. to stutter. 
my God, that's Snuffy's music. He's ready to take somebody out. He's going to take me out the next time I'm in Wilmington. That's what's going to happen. Oh, shit. You know, fucking Beagle didn't make a goddamn sound the whole time. She was asleep. What do you expect? She was sleeping. I told her I was calling Paul Prince. (laughs) You'd have to write a first person, like, personal ad for her. Hello, my name is Snuffy. I'm I'm a spoiled little brat, and, uh, yeah, I sleep through the night. No matter what's going on. <laughs> Number two. Oh, okay. All right. So Steve hits Triple H with the monitor. And like, how old is that? Like, how is that old is that to say? Like, hitting him with the monitor. That shit doesn't exist anymore. I think they have iPads now on the. Yeah, that's true. Tables. That's true. Yeah. And I think it happens in Tolbert's match as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think he, I think he definitely did. Uh, but the funniest moment comes like after he hits Triple H with this monitor, Austin sits down and he admires his work. He just didn't mind. <laughs> it, it was a total Howard Varnum move. He does that. After whatever he does, be it mow the lawn, be it make some furniture, yeah. be, it, be it make a good steak on the grill. He or, likes yeah. Or yell at his son. Or yell at his son. He likes to cross his arms and mm-hmm. admire his work. Now, does he, does, does he crack a beer and then chug it like Stone Cold did as well? H- Howard Varnum is a one to two beer limit. But those are good beers. They're they're Milwaukee's best ice. Hey Cookie, okay. did you catch the sign in the background while Stone Cold was drinking his beer? Was it the was it held by the guy that was freaking out, going yeah 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 in the uh, front row? I don't row. know who held it. It just said poop on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a, what a time to be alive! <laughs> All the early two thousands. <laughs> you gotta love it, man. Mom, but, I want to make a sign. Poop. <laughs> you know he spent at least twenty minutes on that. Oh, you know, a young, a young Travis starting his art career by making a poop sign. Well, while Stone Cold's chugging this beer, sitting down, admiring his work and Triple H, you know, he's got some color going and everything. The King says, you can't drink on the job. And you know what Austin says? Shut up, bitch. I'm thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> You've used that line, too. And the Diane punches you in the fucking mouth. Every time, man. <laughs> All right. Number three. Uh, the table spot. Uh, it comes right after, right after this moment. Uh, the the whole monitor and all that. The the table spot. I remember it being cool as a kid. Triple H is about to pedigree Austin on the steps, and he reverses it. Boom! Backdrop. Triple H goes through the announce table. But I'll be damned if the tables back then looked like cardboard. They look like those signs, like yeah. the poop sign. Yeah. <laughs> they look horrible. It was not a great spot. Wonder if those two were also made from hemp. Oh. Oh, oh, Tobert! It's a strong material. <laughs> Very versatile. Uh, let's uh, let's talk about my honorable mentions real quick. All right, all right. So Austin may not be able to do all the flips and shit. He's not as athletic as he used to be, but he can stomp a mud hole in your ass and he can walk it dry. That's right. That's that's the famous saying, right? But I was thinking, Austin wears those, wears those like two like orthopedic knee braces, but 95% of his offense is just punching and kicking. Like, what the fuck is – what is he doing to use the knee, knee braces like that? He should be dropping knees on people. Drop, drop that, like, uh, that, that material on somebody's face. He should be. And, uh, Mike, do they even make braces like that anymore? Does that, yeah. does that even exist? Isn't that like the offensive lineman K- knee brace? KC wears them. Yeah, Dax Harwood has two. Oh shit! Oh yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, dude. Right. They they definitely, uh, yeah. NFL linemen get those custom made. They they all wear them. Oh, well, those fine. are like fifteen hundred fifteen hundred dollars a piece. Really? 
Oh. Holy shit, I never knew that. I always, like, I always figured that, like, Steve Austin was going to, like, break out of him, like, Forrest Gump. Like, I thought that that was going to happen. One of them to break him. It's because <laughs> he has so much power like while he's first. stomping mud holes. He needs the protection. Right. <laughs> that, that must be it. That's what it is. A slow-mo shot on, on the, the braces breaking away. And then yeah. Stone Cold's actually really fast. Yeah. I don't know, man. He, he connected even more to the working class crowd wearing the brace and everything. You're like, I right. know your brother going to work. I hurt too. Yeah, exactly. You get that blue collar guy like, man, I wish I had one of them braces. And that's why he's on fentanyl now, stealing uh, surfboards out of people's cars. Because <laughs> he can't get any more painkillers <laughs> from his doctor. Uh, I um, think he shed enough light on the opioid crisis. <laughs> <laughs> this is a very special episode of $2 Steak. By the way, yeah, Toby, did you find any needles in there in your car after the break-in? Dude, all right, check this shit out. I'm... Um, I ride downtown. I'm on the phone with my dad, and I'm fucking pissed. I'm I'm venting to my dad, and I'm like talking shit about all that. I look down. There's a syringe on the sidewalk at my feet. Mm. <laughs> I just like threw my hands in the air. <laughs> God, man. What happens, bro? Yeah, say no. just say no to the drugs. Anyway. Number four, Fort city baby. No, no, no. Hold on, hold on. Oh, hold oh on. what, what, Tobert? You're cookie. You were waving. My bad. My bad. That's my fault. Anyway, I got a couple more honorable mentions. Okay. One. Goes to the crazy fan up front. Uh, I, I just want to take a little time to address this. It comes towards the end of the match. They're fighting along the barricade. Two security guards in red are like legit trying to strain. They're straining themselves trying to hold these mob, this mob of people back. Right. And one dude is flipping off the camera. Yeah. And then this girl is just shrieking saying, kick him in the fucking ass. Yes. Like it, <laughs> it was a lawless time in the WWF. <laughs> lawless. It was the Wild West. It was. I, I think it was the Wild West. I mean, if you, I, I didn't think I would be able to. I didn't think I'd be hearing that on Sunday at one o'clock in the afternoon. Dude, kick him in the fucking ass. I would pay to have. Like, I would love to have crowds like that again. Well, yes. we don't. I know because cra- crowds when they're that hype and that wild and ra- ravenous, like it just brings so much more energy to the fight. Well, I think at some point, you know, like once the crowds are back, yeah. I think that we're going to see a lot of people like that. Not a WWE. Yeah. A lot of, well, not a lot a, of pin-up aggression. And yeah. Oh, yeah. It's going to be an ugly sight. Ugly. Number four. All right. That poor Powerade vending machine <laughs> at the very end. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Look, this match carries to the backstage area where the Radicals, which is Benoit, Eddie, Saturn, and Malenko, they jump Austin, right? Now, the plan is for Benoit to lure Austin out to the parking lot, and so they're fighting, and then Benoit just starts booking it, and he's, like, running a 40-yard dash. He is running to the outside, and he's setting up Austin so that he can get run over again by Triple H. But what does Austin do? He disappears, and what happens next is the greatest two-minute backstage segment that I've ever seen. Triple H is waiting for Austin in his Lincoln Continental, and Benoit goes searching for Austin because he can't find him. Lo and behold, Austin has cranked up, and he's operating a damn forklift, like one of those big boys. Triple H is pleading for his life as Austin is, is uh, I guess, lev- uh, raising him up in this forklift, raising him up about 12 feet in the air, maybe 12, 15 feet in the air, while he's in the car, pleading for his life. Austin... Please, Jesus, no, don't do it. You'll regret this for the rest of your life. He didn't. And what is Austin doing? He's verbally abusing him. You just sit tight. You're going to have the ride of your life. Your history, you son of a bitch. 
Oh, give me a hell yeah. Austin lifts him up 10 to 15 feet, drops him on top of his head and the Lincoln Continental on top of its roof. Austin gets his revenge. And that was the last time we ever saw Triple H on WWE television. Yeah, cue to sad music. It's a terrible, 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 terrible time. Not really, though. For Austin fans like myself, I was freaking out and laughing my ass off because Triple H just died. (laughs) What do you give it, Cookie? Oh, of course, I'm going to give this five cookies. All right. We, we need to get some, like, lower quality matches here soon. We do. We definitely do. But we that need was good. To make you, I know that's not your thing, to watch lower quality stuff. Your stuff is usually better quality. But we'll, yeah. we'll find some stuff in the, in the near future that, that will not well, be anything, as good. Anything from the early 90s is probably not going to be that good. Early mm-hmm. 90 WWF is not going to be that good. Oh, but that's not what you watch, brother. You watch Japanese stuff. Oh, yeah. Well, give me early 2000 uh, in JPW. All right, we might. All right, for the high spot, Tobert, you have got a traditional Survivor Series match between John Cena, Team Cena, and Team Cena. Big Show. All right. Tell me All what right. happened, yeah. Tobert. Yeah, you sent me this video uh, halfway through my shift while I'm still working. <laughs> I sent it to you last night. I did not get it last night. And then nothing was in the rundown. I don't know. That's why I texted you. I was like, hey, man, any wrestling videos for today? The podcast we're recording in an hour? Anyway, thank you for texting me that. I watched what I could. <laughs> <laughs> Been Just a rough your week. Haiku. <laughs> yeah, no. no, we're going to talk about this match because I did get to watch a little bit of it. All right, so Team Cena versus Team Big Show. On Team Cena, we have, let's see, Bobby Lashley. Yeah, that's one. We have RVD and Sabu. That's that's two more. And there's one more guy. Kane. Yo, fucking Kane, yeah. Unmasked Kane. Big, scary Kane. You know, bald, uh, albino-looking Kane. And John Cena. Yeah, and of course, John Cena. Big Show, we have Big Show. Very big, big show, as we were talking about earlier. Extra large Big Show. Yeah, you say he's like, what, 550 pounds? He's a big boy in this point. Huge. So you got Big Show, you got Fit Finley. You've got, uh, who the, the Test? Test, yeah. Yeah, and you got, uh, who was the guy in the Freddie Mercury looking purple and white jumpsuit? MVP. MVP. We got one more. Let's see. Did I write anything down? No, I didn't. Um, anyway, someone else. The Samoan. Oh, I, I did not know. I wasn't really familiar. Umaga. Umaga. What year was this? Uh, this would have been like 2007-ish. Yeah, that's why I don't really know anything. I, but I do. Like, this was like peak me getting back into it. I guarantee you that I ordered this shit and watched I, it. I moved to Wilmington like a year ago. I was oh, Wrestling was the furthest thing away from my mind. With uh, surfing? yes and um other other things uh every time i bring it up his eyes tear up a little bit (laughs) but uh anyway um yeah interesting match it's uh it it was really good you got some superstars in there and everyone kind of got their stuff in especially rvd and sabu you see some high flying moments from them 
Uh, we, we were talking about how this is like peak, like hate Cena, like era. I hated Cena as well. I, I, it's I did. Wild. I say I, I was very far away from wrestling at the time, but I still peeked in every once in a while, and I just never liked him. But looking back, he was amazing. Yeah, um, he's absolutely an incredible impeccable. machine. Impeccable. Um, and the match starts off with him trying to showcase him just flying around and just. I mean, laying it down, dude. Uh, we showcase, we get a good showdown between the big guys as well, Kane and Big Show. We get that in. Um, one of my favorite parts definitely is, and that's why it's a high spot match, is RVD and Sabu. Right. Uh, we start off with RVD. I mean, just getting all his signature moves in. Um, we see a huge frog splash from him, man. I mean, just massive. Uh, and we see a massive kick to fit Finley's face. <laughs> that he from, well, it, it's from test to rvd no, well right before that oh yeah you're right you're right you're right rvd uh delivers a very a spinning back kick. kick right spinning, yeah and he's kind of got his arm between his leg i don't know it's so like a little reversal but i i think i don't think he meant to connect as much as he did but i mean he just lays finley out but Tess comes right behind him and just does, I mean, straight up stiff arm boot to RVD's face. He eats it. Um, but uh, RVD does manage to eliminate Fit Finley. That's one of the first eliminations that we see, um, I think. I'm not R- sure. It was MVP. MVP, okay. Uh, yeah, that's right. And then Finley stays in. We see Sabu go in on him a little bit. We see some guillotine leg drops. Uh, um, he makes a hot tag to bring in Big Show. Big Show dwarfs Sabu. Like the visual of Sabu in the ring with Big Show is uh, is hilarious, man. And, and he does nothing against them. He tries to splash off the rope. Big Show catches him, but the way he picks him up, he's got him by the neck and the crotch, and he just kind of just lifts him up in the air and slams him. Sabu's not a small guy. I mean, he's a smaller stature guy, but he's still pretty big. Um, amazing strengths from Big Show. Um, so, the uh, Islander warrior crazy guy, what, what was his name again? Umaga. Umaga, yeah. He goes on a rampage as well. You see him grab some monitors, kind of go crazy, hitting people with them, going nuts. Um, at some point, uh, you know, his it's short-lived. He's eliminated, and it brings us to uh, Big Show and Kane. They have a little showdown. They have a little choke-off. We get a little hornswoggle. Uh, appearance out of nowhere, which is kind of comical. You got Kane and Big Show both in choke slam position, kind of fighting back and forth. Hornswoggle just comes out of nowhere, steps in between them, kind of gives them a look. And this allows Fit Finley to shillelagh Kane in the balls. Uh, pretty funny visual there. Uh, fortunately, Kane gets eliminated. Uh, he goes back to being a mayor, I guess. <laughs> How do you think Kane handled COVID? <laughs> Uh, not as good as you'd think. I think he was a denier. <laughs> I, I think he was militarized at some point in his life, too. Probably when he got caught in that fire. Yeah. Uh, well, to sum it up, uh, we end up with Bobby Lashley, John Cena versus Big Show, uh, which are two huge dudes, and Big Show still dwarfs them. Uh, but we get some great back and forth between Cena and Big Show. Jesus Christ. What what Cena is? It's the fireman's carry into the slam. At that point, it was still called the FU, but it, okay, it's then the, the attitude adjustment now. That's amazing. He gets – he, he's got Big Show over his shoulders just standing there, and 
it's it's amazing, man. It's just the the fireman carries style slam. It's nuts that you could even get him up there. Uh, and then we end it with a double suplex from uh, Bobby Lashley and Cena to pin Big Show and get the win. Amazing feat of strength. It was crazy. It looked great. But it was a fun your, match. Yeah, not your typical like high spot match, but very very. I will definitely like put this back up on YouTube and just watch it and enjoy it. Because everyone just kind of showcases their stuff, except for MVP. And uh, I guess Fit Finley gets a few moves in. But yeah. everyone looks good. A solid, solid match for sure. And for a Survivor Series match, only being like 12 minutes, that's kind of yeah. awesome. It was great. The crowd loved it. It was a good, solid match. Uh, let's, let's hit that uh, haiku. Did you even write one yet? I did. I did. All right. Big Show throws his weight. Robin Sabu getting high. <laughs> John Cena lifts big. <laughs> All right. Well, that is it for this week's episode. If you have seen or heard or, or seen anybody shredding on the water that, that normally does not shredding shred. Shredding on the water. <laughs> shredding the gnar, bro. Come on now. If, if somebody is uh, – wait, what is shredding? Is that skateboarding? No, it, it, it covers pretty much all the umbrella of uh, sport. All right. Well, fuck you, whoever did it. Yeah. And I'm going to kill you. And I'm going to kill your family. You. I'm going to kill your animals. And I don't I'm gonna, no, I'm not going to kill your animals. Skills. I'm going to adopt your animals. And then I'm going to overfeed them and let them have a slow life, slow decline in health because they're diabetic. We all need therapy. We all need it at this point. Do it for yourselves, brothers. <laughs> all right. Thank you for listening. To $2 steak, a pro wrestling podcast. We'll talk to you next week. Hopefully, everybody will have a wonderful Thanksgiving this week. Do not get together if you were sick or anything. What would Mike give us some some cultural and 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 health guidelines? Wear a mask. Yes. Socially distance. Outside. It's not that fucking hard. It's not hard. It's nope. not hard. Stop. Stop the spread. 